It was 1804, and Meriwether Lewis had been exploring for 15 months. 15 months of mosquitoes, 15 months of dark, 15 months of some winter, 15 months of grizzly bears, and the death of a friend, but none of that mattered now because he had finally arrived at the place that he was trying to get to. Lewis and his team of, uh, of, of journeymen had followed a trail that started somewhere around St. Louis up a creek that led to the source of the Missouri River. And they were now standing in a place that no explorer in history had reached before them. And, and so they were at the, the end of the journey in their minds. The hardest part was behind them, or, or so they thought. See, for over 300 years, explorers had been looking for a northwest passage, a water route that would connect the Pacific Ocean to the Missouri River. The, the assumption was that if you could find the start of the Missouri River, it would be just about a half day's ride to the Pacific Ocean. And Lewis was now standing in that, in that spot. He would walk up the, the final hill, look down the, the, the slope that would take him and his men on their canoes down the Columbia River, and after 15 months of going upstream, they would coast to the finish line. But when Lewis got to the top of the hill, he could not have been more disappointed because what he found out was that 300 years of experts had been wrong. There was no gentle slope down to the Pacific Ocean. Instead, what Lewis found was the Rocky Mountains stretching out as far as he could see. And actually, in his journal, Lewis wrote that it was the most terrible mountains I ever beheld. There was no Northwest Passage. There was no water route. And at that moment, everything that Lewis had assumed about his journey changed. He, he wasn't almost finished. The truth was he, he was just getting started. Now, last week, we, we started this series called Dream Napkin about God's great plans for your life because we believe that God has a dream for every person in this room, every person who's watching this. God has a dream for your life. He created you for something significant. And last week was all about dreaming bigger. We want you to dream bigger. God wants to do something bigger and better in your life and through your life, but that's going to take more than just a wish. It's gonna take a dream. It's gonna take a dream. A wish is this fickle feeling that just wishes, you know, life was, something was better than it, than it currently is right now, but a dream is a destination. It's a cause. It requires a plan. Last week, we said it this way, that God's dream for your life is bigger than just a better version of your current life. That, that God's dream for your life is bigger than just a, a better version of your current life. 
So as we talk about God's dreams during this series, don't just think about a better work schedule. That don't just think about a better boyfriend or a better girlfriend. Don't just think about a little more money or a, or a nicer house and a nicer neighborhood or a swimming pool in your backyard. Oh man, if we could just get a pool. No, we want you to dream bigger than that because God is dreaming bigger than that. And the reason that I shared the story with you about Meriwether Lewis is because today we're going to talk about the struggle of a dream, struggle of a dream. And that, that story that I told you, the, the, the book that I was reading about that journey, it actually talked about how that, that Lewis and his men had all brought canoes with them because they were convinced that if they could just get to the top of the, the, the supply, the feed of the Missouri River, that they could just coast to the finish. They had brought their canoes with them and they're standing there looking at the Rocky Mountains and it says that they all left their canoes behind. And I love this phrase because what good is a canoe when you gotta climb a mountain? I, lo- I love that, I love that phrase. You can't canoe a mountain. You can't coast to your dream. And so if we're gonna talk about dreams, we have to talk about dreams delayed or or dreams deflated. It would be easy to get up here and and to be inspirational and to get you all jacked up and to get you all fired up about God's dreams for your life. And I wanna do that a little bit. I want you to get excited about what God is doing and what God wants to do in your life. But it would be negligent if I did not prepare you that not only are you dreaming too small, about your life, but you're also underestimating how hard it's gonna be, how hard it's gonna be. God gave Noah a dream to build an ark and save humanity, and he did. It took 100 years. God gave Moses, birthed Moses with this dream and desire to be a deliverer, and he was. But the first 80 years of his life was filled with insecurity and self-doubt. God gave David the dream to be the king of Israel, and he was. But from the time he found out that he was going to be the king to the time he became the king, he spent 15 years hiding, running from cave to cave, running for his life. See, when we envision God's dream for our life, we envision a moment. We envision the finished product. But God is more concerned about our lives being a finished product than than just the outcomes of our life. So he uses time and tests to prepare us to be able to handle the dream when it's finished. And that's what today is all about. Today is about the difference between our dream and our reality and the gap in, in between. So we're going to, to pick up, uh, back up with the story of Joseph today in the book of Genesis. We'll be in Genesis 39. Um, and then a little bit later, we're actually gonna look at another story in Genesis 28, if you wanna mark that as well. But we're using the story of Joseph as a, um, as a guide because Joseph was a dreamer His life was filled with ups and downs. And so we're using the story of Joseph as a guide to help us in our life as we dream dreams and go after what God has for us. And we learned last week that Joseph was 17 when he had a dream that involved wheat. This was the dream. He was 17. Wheat and his brothers bowing down to him. And as you might expect, the brothers were not too excited about the idea of bowing down to him. 
And so they ended up selling Joseph into slavery and telling their dad that he was dead. So for the next 13 years, everyone thought that Joseph was dead, but he wasn't dead. He, he was a slave. And so then we skipped ahead to the end of the story and found out that, that Joseph's dreams did come true. When his brothers were starving, they did come to him and they did bow down to him because they needed wheat. So the dream came true. But the reasons were far better and far greater than Joseph thought when he was 17. So when his brothers showed up, he had perspective, he had maturity, he, he had humility. But the question is how? What happened between 17 and 30 that gave Joseph that perspective, that maturity, that, that humility? Well, we're gonna find out today by reading two short sections of the story, just two short sections. We're gonna start in Genesis 39, verse one. Genesis 39, verse one, and this is what it says. It says, when Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, this was right after his brother sold him, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard for Pharaoh, the king of Egypt, verse two. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did as he served in the home of his Egyptian master. Now, let's, let's go ahead and skip over to verse 19, same chapter, in verse 19, just to fill in the gaps for you. Joseph, over the next period of time, is gonna climb the ranks of Potiphar's house, but one day, Potiphar's wife falsely accuses him of rape and that's where we pick up the story in verse 19. It says, Potiphar was furious when he heard his wife's story about how Joseph had treated her. So he took Joseph and he threw him into the prison where the king's prisoners were held. And there he remained, verse 21. But the Lord was with Joseph in the prison and showed him his faithful love. So, so let, let, let's put the pieces of the story together for a second. Joseph had a dream when he was 17. His dream involved influence and power. After he tells his brothers they fake his death and they sell him into slavery where he's purchased by a man named Potiphar. And after putting his life back together in, in some sort of way and experiencing some level of success, he's falsely of a, a crime, accused of a crime that he didn't commit and he is sent to, to jail. Now, I don't know about you, but know about me, <laughs> I'd probably give up on my dream. Have a dream, wow, God's gonna do something awesome. Brothers betray him, sell me into slavery. I get my life together, I'm falsely accused of a crime, I'm sent to a dungeon. I don't know about you. I don't know what your patience level is or what your pain tolerance is, or, 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 or how, much you, how much faith you have in God, but if it's me, I'm sitting in the dungeon, I'm probably done with the drink. Yeah. It doesn't feel like a dream, it feels like a nightmare. And we, we have these moments where we believe and our faith gets excited, we're inspired, God's gonna do something amazing, I've got this dream, Jason, but then life doesn't look anything like what we thought it was gonna look like. Life doesn't look like a dream, life looks like a nightmare. Now next week, we're gonna spend, we're gonna spend all next week talking about two guys Joseph meets in prison. 
Um, but I wanna just read you one more verse from, from that story. It's in the next chapter, however you're following along. Just look at the next chapter, chapter 40, verse eight. These two guys that Joseph meets, and we'll talk about them next week, but they, they had dreams one night, and verse eight, they, they, re, they replied. So they say to Joseph, we both had dreams last night, but no one can tell us what they mean. And look at this next verse, it's so interesting. Joseph replied, interpreting dreams is God's business. Now, this is, this is where we're gonna stop with Joseph's story today but I wanted to read that last verse because I want you to notice the difference between Joseph at 17 and Joseph after 11 years of heartaches and headaches. At 17, Joseph's like, yo, 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 check this out. I had this dream last night. Y'all gonna be bowing down to me. At 28, he's like, I don't know. I mean, I could guess if you, I mean, let me have it. I'll guess. But the reality is, man, that's up to God. I don't, I don't, I mean, I can try, but the truth is, I don't really know. I thought my life was gonna be different. I thought God had big plans for me. I thought I was gonna do big things, but I guess I was wrong. I don't know. I don't know. Do you see it? You see the difference between 17 Joseph, 28-year-old Joseph, headache, heartache, tests, trials. The first guy's like, let me tell you exactly what God's gonna do. The second guy's like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know if God even gives dreams anymore. I don't know how, I don't know how to interpret. Are you, why are you asking me to interpret a dream? I don't know how to interpret a dream. I interpreted a dream one time. I remember one time I, I thought I knew what God was up to. Now, listen, in a few years when everything comes together, it's all gonna make sense. But in this moment, nothing makes sense. Life is worse than he thought it could ever be. But, but did you notice the, the, those first two verses that we read? Did you notice what it said about God? Look at it again. Look at it again. It said that God was with, verse two, the Lord was with Joseph. So when the slave traders sell him, the Bible says God was with him. When he's falsely accused of a crime, he goes to jail. The Bible says that God was with him. Now, this is not just the kind of kind of with, this is not just a with where it's like, like God is with everybody, God's everywhere. This is more of a with, like he's holding his hand. Like when your children say, will you go with me? This is God kind of holding Joseph's hand, walking with him. So Joseph is talking to these two guys. He's like, I don't know, man. I thought I knew one time, but I was wrong. But Joseph was not wrong. He thought he was wrong, but he wasn't wrong. Just because it feels like nothing is going right doesn't mean you're in the wrong place. God was with Joseph. And what Joseph would figure out later, that because we get to read the story in hindsight that we can learn right now, is that for all of us in this room, please hear what I'm telling you today. You got a dream, you're inspired, you're excited, woo! Okay, everybody in this room needs to know right now Maybe you're happening, maybe it's happening to you right now, maybe it's gonna happen to you, and everybody in this room needs to know that God takes us through things to get us to things. God always takes you through something to get you to something. So you're like, oh, I see it, I got it, I know it, I know what it is. That's where God's taking me, and God's like, that is exactly right, that is where I'm taking you. But between here and there, we don't ever dream about that. 
Remember dreaming about the process, the journey, the steps, right? We want God to microwave our dream and teleport us to the date and the time when we can experience what we see in our head. But what you see in your head is not your dream. It's just a moment of your dream. It's the best moment of your dream. It's the highlight moment. But God's dream for your life is so much bigger than a moment. You're not going to get to your dream one day. You're living the dream right now, right now. The Bible doesn't say that the final destinations are ordered by God. What does it say? It says the steps are ordered by God. So I know that your dream for your kids is like walking across a graduation stage or giving you grandbabies, okay? But this afternoon, when you change that stinky diaper, remember, you're living the dream. <laughs> this is the dream. I know your dream, your dream for your career involves starting a business and making a lot of money, but remember when you're driving into that job tomorrow morning or you're looking at your bank statement right now, remember, hashtag, living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. It's so easy to see in hindsight, isn't it? Don't you just love, I'm a podcast junkie. I listen to all kinds of podcasts where they talk to successful people and the successful people tell their story. I'm convinced that half the stuff they say ain't even true. That they get to the end and then they piece together a narrative that makes sense in hindsight, but that ain't what they were thinking when they were going through that. Don't you just wanna slap people in the face who are like, I'm so glad I had cancer because it gives me such a perspective on life. But you're going through cancer. You know, if I never would have went through that divorce, I never would have realized, but you're going through divorce. If we never would have lost everything, we never would have realized, but you're losing everything right now. And they're talking with such clarity and such perspective and such maturity, and you're like, I just wanted to slap you in the face. But it always makes sense in hindsight. It always makes sense in hindsight. God doesn't meet you at the final destination. He walks with you on the journey. And he always takes you through things to get you to things. Uh, you don't get to arrive at your final destination without going through things. You just don't. You don't. So tomorrow, when that kid throws up on you, come on, hashtag, you're living the dream. This is the dream. This is the dream. Now, when you came in today, um, you should have got one of these uh, rocks. If you didn't, I wanna make sure you get one when you leave today. Um, Shout out to everybody who painted rocks. You guys did a great job. Let me tell you why we gave you that. And also, you can get your napkin, too. We'll talk about that. That was last week, but we want everybody to have one of those. Um, I want to read one more story today in Genesis 28, and this is actually a story about Joseph's dad. So we're spending all this time talking about Joseph, but I want to go back to 28. I just want to show you a, a quick little snippet 
of a story about Joseph's dad. His name was Jacob. And long story short, Jacob conned his dying dad. We've talked about Jacob a lot around here. He's one of my favorite characters, people, and they're not characters, they're real people, people in the Bible. Long story short, Jacob conned his dying dad and his brother wanted to kill him. So he was on the run for his life. He's a fugitive. He's on the run for his life. He's by himself. He's like, so just imagine like you're like, it's three in the morning and you're somewhere between like Lexington and Knoxville. Like it's just nothing out there, no exits. You know, McDonald's ice cream machine is broke. Like there's nothing. (laughs) You're just out in the middle of nowhere, okay? That's where Jacob's at. He's on the run by himself and he gets to this place called called Haran. And, uh, And that's where we'll pick up the story. Just wanna read just a little bit of it. Genesis chapter 28, verse 11. This is what it says. It says, at sundown, he arrived at a good place to set up camp and stopped there for the night. Jacob found a stone to rest his head against and lay down to sleep. As he slept, he dreamed of a stairway that reached, stairway that reached from the earth up to heaven, and he saw the angels of God going up and down the stairway. And then it gives a description of the dream. You can read that later if you want, but skip over to verse 16. He gets done with the dream. This is what it says in 16. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, surely the Lord is in this place, and I wasn't even aware of it. Now, let me just remind you that Jacob is a fugitive. He is on the run because he's a con artist who conned his dad and robbed his brother. But even in that situation, who he is and what he had done, even in that situation, even on the run, God has not given up on him or his plans for his life. And I know that we view God as a God who's in church buildings and as a God who's in chapels and as a God who's in cathedrals and as a God who's in all these great places, but the great thing about God is that God is here with us right now, but God is also in some shady motel room with some guy running from the law right now. God is there too. Same God. He hasn't given up on his plans for, for Joseph. He just has to get Joseph, uh, Jacob, excuse me, he just has to get Jacob through some things because he really wants to get Jacob to some things. But he's got to get him through there. But I want you to notice something that we read. It's just a small little detail of the story that has always resonated with me. It says that when he got ready to go to sleep, he found, he found a stone, he found a rock to lay his head on. Now, maybe the reason this resonates with me is I'm a pillow guy. I, 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 anybody in here, you, you gotta take your own pillow when you travel. Come on, let me see your hands. Yeah, 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 I, yeah. okay, like me and four people. I don't know, I just... I'm a pillow guy. I don't know. I mean, you can't go thin with it, you know, because then you need five pillows. You can't go too thick, then your neck's propped up. Like, you gotta have the right pillow. And so when I read this story, like, my first thought is like, man, his neck had to hurt. Like, that's when I read that, ever since I got, like, first time I read the story, I thought, a rock is a pillow. Like, man, you know? But I love this, this imagery as like a little bit of a metaphor for where Jacob is at in his life right now. It's just a small little detail, but this idea that Jacob is in a season of his life 
where he's not sleeping well, probably. He's not resting well, probably. His, he's probably got some cricks in his neck. Like he's probably, uh, he's just in a very uncomfortable season. It's, it's, a, it's a season of his life where he's probably tossing and turning a lot. It's not a comfortable season. It's not a resting season. And thank God we go through some of those seasons. But that's not the season of life that Jacob is in right now. Jacob's season of life is represented by a rock as a pillow. But even in that moment, in that season, in that place, he still dreams a dream. God still has a dream for Jacob's life. And he wakes up from that dream and he says these words, God is in this place. God is in this place. We think that God's dream for our life is like a treasure map. And on any treasure map, you know, there's a big X. Like if we could just get to there, X marks the spot. If we could just get to there, that's where the treasure, that's where the treasure is. But God is not in that place. He's in this place. He'll be at that place. But he's not waiting on you at that place. And I think sometimes when we talk about God's dream for our life and where we want to go and what God's going to do, we think, man, God, if I could ever get to that place. And listen, that place is going to be awesome, but it's just a moment of your dream. And God will be in that place, but God's not just waiting at that place. God is in this place. And Jacob wakes up as a fugitive on the run in Haran. And he's like, man, I thought that I thought that I had run from God. I thought that maybe God would make it better one day. I never realized that in Haran by myself on the run with a rock as a pillow that God could be in this place. But God is in that place. This is the place where you're at right now, whatever season of life you're in right now. This is the place. This is the spot. This is the dream. It's not one day, when I, after I. No, this is the place. This is the dream. And so what we want you to do <clears throat> is we want you to take this rock with you. We put a big X on it because X also represents 10. We're celebrating 10. But also, X marks the spot. And we want you to take this rock with you and we want you to put it somewhere that you'll see it <clears throat> so, so that you can remember that this season is the right season. This place is the right place. Today is the dream. God knows what he's doing. X marks the spot. X marks the spot. And, and, and I know that Jacob said God is in this place, but if you would just allow me a little bit of latitude, I think we could drop that last word. And I think it would just be a great reminder for all of us tomorrow, this afternoon, next week, when we find ourselves in seasons of life, that we could just say God is in this. God is in this. Oh my gosh, God's in that. God is in this. This is the dream. I'm living the dream. God's in this. I can't wait till I get to that, but God is in this. God is in this. I wanna, um, I wanna end by just telling you one story. I love this story. I love the person who told it to me. So I was talking to a friend recently and um, I just asked them a question because they're, they're doing some exciting things with their life right now and they've kind of, I don't know, come alive in a sense. And so I just said to him, I said, what has happened to you? So what's happened to you? Like, 
I love this version of you, but like, where'd this come from? Like, this is great. This is like, I don't know, it's like adventurous and exciting. And like, I love it, but like, what happened? And this is what they said back to me. I love that, this is so great. They said, you know, I've always had this dream that one day I would win the lottery and I would spend the rest of my life giving it away. And I realized a couple of months ago, I've already won the lottery. So I just decided, let's get started. And I just love that story, and I think it's just a great reminder for you. And so I just, I know you have a dream. Maybe your dream is the lottery. Just let's just get literal with it. But like, like I know that there is something in your head that you're like, man, one day when, then I will. You've already won the lottery. God is in this place. God is in this. He'll be there, but he's here. And the dream, that moment in time there will be great. But this is the dream. Today's the dream. You're living the dream right now. You're like, Jason, no, you don't know my situation. I understand. I'm not trying to say I do know all the details, but I know this. That whatever you're going through, it's because God's trying to get you to something amazing for your life. Let's pray.